This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Tag. Tag. You're good in. afternoon. Good afternoon. Good morning or good evening and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast episode 126. I am your host, it. it. And joining me as always is my co-host, Tag. You're it. Tag. <laughs> Tag. It. <laughs> uh, just kidding. I am Peter Nicolaitis. With me as always is my co-host, Adam Bell. Adam, how the heck are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, it's a uh, it's a hot day here, but mm-hmm. um, it's a nice one. It's a little bit overcast right now. Mm-hmm. Just got out, um, got back from the veterinary clinic where there's a little pup who is uh, staying here at my place today, and uh, he just got snipped. <laughs> He's a little lighter and way lightheadeder than normal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have never seen this dog so calm before. He is normally springing and bouncing and jumping all over the place. And right now he is just, (laughs) how old is he? Uh, He will be a year like next week. Okay. Yeah. So he's just a little guy. Mm -hmm. Usually boundless energy. And now uh, his energy knows bounds. (laughs) He's not bounding, but his energy has been bounded. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so there you go Mm -hmm. so uh we got a like a we got a bunch of topics that we have been sort of kicking down the road so this is sort of like a catch-up episode huh i would yes that sounds like a yes all right but before we do that we got we do have a couple of uh things that we have been talking about and that we're keeping Mm -hmm. up with so uh, how goes the push-ups challenge on your end uh it's gotten tedious at this point (laughs) it's like oh i gotta get these push-ups done and if i don't get them done in the morning then man it's uh it's it's difficult for me to work them in uh yeah and and you've seen my schedule where you know like there have been nights when i have forgotten to get them all in and i've taken my time and at the end of the like i'm just getting ready for bed and i realize that i'm 40 push-ups shy (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to be able to sleep now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I stop and you know, like crank out 20, go brush my teeth, wait for a minute, come back, do 20 more. Okay, done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, on that note, I'm only at, uh, at 40 right now for the day. So I have noticed though on days it's gotten easier. Like I was doing sets of 10 for starters right. and then like 20 has become my normal and yeah. then sometimes 25s. So that day when I did them in sets of 25, it was like four times and I'm done. Yeah, I, I think I'm ready to do it that way too because I've been doing sets of 20 yep. and I think I can do 25s. Yeah, I know that the first set of the day, regardless of number, is always the hardest for me. You know? It's <laughs> Everything like, creaks and... <laughs> exactly. It's stiff, it's creaky, it's sore, it doesn't want to move. But then I go for like the second set whenever that is. I'm like, oh, that was way easier. Yeah. So, well, and you know what's funny is we're not talking facetiously anymore. It literally, my shoulders literally creak. <laughs> <laughs> well, you combine that with mountain biking and kayaking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting more upper body workout now than I have in many months. 
um, you know, not being an active uh, Krav Maga or jujitsu practitioner for the last several months and not doing a lot of vinyasa yoga, which includes a lot of up dog, down dog, plank, chaturanga stuff. Um, yeah, I'm getting more upper body workout than I have in, in quite some time. Yeah. yeah. So it's progress. Uh, yeah. But yeah, anyway, so that's good. So I did mention the kayak. So yes. I did, um, I ordered last month uh, a kayak from Amazon. I got the inflatable kind, uh, two-seater, mm-hmm. and it's great. It is a lot of fun, and I had rented uh, one because I live less than a mile away from a place that rents them right on the river that I live on here. Right. And I had rented on a couple of times. This was by far easier to paddle and more maneuverable than those were. So the the lightness of the boat really makes a difference. Cool. And it's really cool. So how how small does it um, break down? It comes down to, uh, it breaks down to a large rucksack style okay. you know, box. So it's like, it's big, you know, it's like Yeti cooler sized big when it's all folded up. Right. Um, you, know, you think of it like if you had a, a an inner tube for like a large construction site dump truck, like mm-hmm. the kind that hauls like, you know, 20 tons of rocks or something like that. It's kind of mm-hmm. like that. Okay. You know, you're talking a big, um, there's a lot of plastic in there. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, but if it's, um, it fold without getting too aggressive, folding it down, I was able to just shove it into a contractor bag. Mm-hmm. So at the end, you know, cause like you're supposed to wipe it down and clean it afterwards. I'm like, well, look, I'm, I'm at, the, the dock, you know, I can't <laughs> wash it right here. Right. So I just folded it all up into a contractor bag and threw it in the back of my car. Right. And that works fine. So, um, yeah, but first experience with that, um, with this kayak was, uh, it was good. It was a lot of fun and, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking forward to getting out again real quick. Cool. Fun times. How, oh, how, how much air did it take? Like how long did it take you to fill it up? It takes it well. The, the, that was the learning experience. Now, supposedly, it's got these valves that supposedly have two settings. One mm-hmm. is like open, and the other is closed. It's not clear for me exactly how you're supposed to close them, because it says, "Oh, well, the valve has two positions, and you just turn it this way." And we even found there's a little handle so that it's got this like handle thing that you can put into the valve and you're supposed to be able to turn it left or right to close it or open it. Right. Except when you put it in, it doesn't actually twist. It feels like I will like break the thing if I actually twist it all the way. So, so pumping it up was kind of a pain because the first few times like I had to pump it, pump it, pump it, and then quickly try to, you know, really close it up fast. Yeah. And that didn't work so well. And it looks yeah. like your video is frozen here. Okay. We are recording again. All right. So I don't remember where exactly I dropped off, but I was talking about the difficulties inflating the kayak. Right. And how it has these little valves. And supposedly it's um, like if you twist it to the right, it's in the closed position. And if you twist it to the left, it's in the open position. Mm-hmm. And when you twist it to the to the closed position, it's supposed to allow you to inflate it, but, mm-hmm. but not deflate it. Okay. Well, that doesn't work. 
it, it doesn't do that. And I have not figured out how to actually twist the thing mm -hmm. to make it lock into any sort of position other than what it's in. So inflating it's kind of a hassle because you've got to get it all the way up to the three or six PSI, depending on which chamber you're doing. Right. And then very quickly try to close it up. <laughs> Easier said than done. Yeah. So that For that reason, it took us about half an hour to get it all the way inflated. Mm -hmm. I'm confident with a little bit of, you know, research and practice that I'll be able to get it down to about 10 or 15 minutes, which is what they, you know, they say it takes 10 minutes to inflate. Right. I don't think that they account for the amount of time required to reinflate it and fumble with the valves to get the stupid thing closed. <laughs> well, and I've got an air compressor. Of course, you have to regulate, if you said 6 PSI, I'd have to regulate it all the way down to 6 PSI so I don't yeah. blow it up. <laughs> and I have an air mattress inflator, which does not have enough power to get it all the way. Ah. But you can use it to start the process. Mm -hmm. You can get it about half full. What was interesting was I was sitting there pumping on this thing for like 10 minutes and nothing happened. I didn't see any indicate move in the indicator and the pressure gauge. Right. And then, you know, it was like pumping, 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 maybe it was five minutes, but I'm sitting there and it's hot. I'm sweating, you know, getting my workout in there. That was like, I should have gotten credit for pushups for doing those. <laughs> pumping the thing up, the, the, the throttle's not moving. And then all of a sudden it jumps up to like one PSI, two PSI, <laughs> three PSI, you know, it's like, nice. Oh, okay. So yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, with a little practice, I'm sure it'll be better. But no, it was really cool. I'm really glad I bought it. It wasn't cheap. It was like 900 bucks. Oh, wow. You know, this is not, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the price of a kayak for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but it's a kayak that fits in the back of my Tesla as opposed to having to buy a bike rack or a, or a kayak rack and put it on top of my Tesla. Yeah, and, or and a where the trailer. Heck would I, where would I put it? It's yeah. not going to fit in my house. <laughs> And it would not fit under my deck. So where am I going to leave this thing in the wintertime, right? So yeah. So, yeah that was, uh, so, so far, I'm happy with it. So cool. stay, stay tuned for an update on that. All right. Very good. So then we've also got the PPP forgiveness rules that you asked me about them today. And uh, yeah. they had not been approved, but now as of the 4th, which was... I guess three days ago, days ago yeah. they were, they were more or less approved. And so I don't, I don't think that we've talked about, I mean, this will be the third legislature decision on this, I believe. And so did you, did you read? So, the, so what they've done is they, any, well, what they want to do, and I, it wasn't clear to me if this is 100% uh, approved or not is anything under 150,000. If you can prove where the money was spent, it will just be forgiven. It's mm -hmm. going to be automatically forgiven. Mm -hmm. um, and it obviously it has to be spent on the required things, payroll, rent, utilities, right. uh, internet would fall under as a utility, but business expenses other than employees, they don't count. But right but all of your employees and your, your own payroll, especially if you're a, a self. I just had a thought. Keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, so, so they are, and they're also making us all do 24 weeks and the SBA isn't doing that. They would take it. They would take your paperwork now uh, if you turned it in directly 
with them, mm -hmm. but your money is coming through your bank. So right. if you don't turn it in through your bank in the way that your bank wants it to get returned right. and you might not get your money back because this, you know, the third party has to do the work right. and I get it. But, and then the banks are also pushing these things out from, you can't do it eight weeks. Doesn't matter, Peter, that you've got your paperwork and you're ready to go and ready to turn it in. I'm not ready to take it. <laughs> so, so I'm confused about one thing though. Like I thought that the deadline says I need to apply for forgiveness by August 8th. That's tomorrow. Yeah, until they change the rule. But did they? Is it, yes. Is it, it is officially changed. It's not August 8th right now? Yes. The second, okay. the, the second ruling made that official. Okay. That you, had a, you have all the way to uh, 24 weeks from the time that you okay. signed up. So mine was May 1st. I got approval. So I have 24 weeks from May 1st. Okay. Well, it hasn't been that long. I forgot. I got it. I got it approved. What? Just a month ago? Was yeah. Like, so you're because it, it, it was a week after the, the June 30th deadline. So it was the first week of July. So I'm only right. a month into it. Right. Okay. So I still got another 20 weeks or so. Yes. So, okay. Phew. Hmm. That's a, that's a load off my uh, chest. Cause I was sitting here thinking like, how am I supposed, I, I want to apply. I have to have to apply, but I go to, cause I got my loan through cabbage.com and they're like, we're waiting for instructions. Mm -hmm. So, all right, great. And that's cool. what, that's what my bank is. I use regions and they, they have, they've got guidance. They're writing a web page so that you can fill in your form and upload your files and, and the whole thing will be clean. And, and, you know, we've said it more than one time, these banks don't want this 1% loan. They don't want it. They want, they want it forgiven. They want us government to pay them. And then these will be off their books and then they can loan more dollars yep. at a higher interest rate. Yep. Even if, if they were, if they're doing it at 2% interest, they would be making more money. Twice as much. <laughs> yeah, twice as much. <sighs> so, but it is, uh, you know, I have to, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. I, I am pleased with this because I think it has propped up a number of businesses that otherwise would have went out of businesses or yeah. employees would have uh, not gotten paid. But here's the thing. This money was plucked from thin air. <laughs> it, it wasn't reserve money. It wasn't sitting in the bank of the U.S. Treasury that, that our tax dollars have been sitting aside for an emergency of this magnitude. Mm -hmm. No, we just created inflation and we created this money out of thin air and gave nothing to everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Funny how that works, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, wish I could do that. I mean, one yeah, can argue. I mean, this is what, what you can when you're, the, when you're the Federal Reserve. You just print more money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't even have to print it. You just say it's there. Just say it's there. That's right. That's right. We're printing. What was I thinking? Printing. This is the digital economy here. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, I, I yeah. very rarely see an actual dollar. Yeah. I, 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 I still use cash from time to time. Well, I always use cash. Uh, I always, I always pay cash for all of my lunch. I pay cash. Okay. Um, I, 
sometimes, I mean, I've always got cash on me and I always pay that way. Okay. Um, but it, when I got to dinner though, if I'm going to spend $70, I'm not going to spend $70 in cash on, on yeah. dinner. Although, I mean, <laughs> unless it's like a local business and I'm feeling sorry for them, I use my credit card any chance I get. Yeah. I'll take that 3% or 2% back or 6% on groceries or whatnot every chance I get, every little bit. Uh-huh. So. So, so do you think that the uh, there is an actual change shortage in the United States, or do you think that's BS? I hadn't heard. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the the uh, the the whatever you call it, the, the money people, the – they said there's a shortage of coins, so please pay with your credit card. And it's also to good to prevent COVID because you're not handling all these coins over and over and passing them on. And it just so happens to coincide with everything that we're doing now. I'm like, come on, just say don't use coins and we discourage you from using coins. But don't try to tell me that there's all of a sudden a coin shortage in the United States. I find that really hard to believe. <laughs> Since because, we, in I February, mean, we were I fine. Mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like people, um, you know, throwing, um, um, you know, coins into like wishing wells or something. Is that what, <laughs> has, has there been a lot of more people, you know, like trying to, to wish away COVID-19? Is that the plan? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get that. That seems a little weird. Yeah. So I went to, to Taco Bell yesterday for lunch and, and I was, I mean, I knew about the coin shortage and I, um, and I knew about, they were discouraging people from, from using coins. So what they're doing local businesses, I figured out is they're recommending people round up so that they don't get changed back so that they don't, you know, get the, <laughs> get the COVID spread. Because I went, I went to, uh, I went to Taco Bell and they said, do you want to round up? And I'm thinking, I don't know what the uh, Taco Bell charity is. Like, Ronald McDonald. If you go to McDonald's, yeah, it's it's the Ronald McDonald House. I was thinking, yeah. Well, I guess I'd, I, I mean, it was thirty six cents. I was like, sure, you know, round it up. And then, then I thought about, it's like, oh, that's not for charity. That's so that they don't give me coins back. No, you just said it. The Taco Bell charity. You're you're giving it to Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think it's going to the employees? Yeah. No. I I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're giving it to Taco Bell. That was very nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So, so let's coin coinage and uh, coin coinage, coin shortage and PPP. Did have an update on the PPP. I don't think we covered this last time, um, but thank you, Florida. You can count on Florida to pave the way. Um, at the end of. Uh, June, was it? Uh, I forget when, um, but I put the uh, link in the show notes. A Florida man used his PPP loan to buy a Lamborghini. Yeah. Well, just this past week, a Texas man followed suit. (laughs) So we were talking about, you know, like as long as you use it to, uh, you know, for payroll and approve expenses, you know, it'll be forgiven. And I said, not necessarily, because these people <laughs> did not use them for 
you know, legitimate expenses. So links are those in the show notes, but the, the headline was on Motor Trend. Texas man, like Florida man before him, uses PPP loan money on Lamborghini. <laughs> and I didn't realize that Lamborghini made SUVs. I mean, I should have known that. Oh, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like a pretty sweet ride. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my PPP loan would not have not have covered one of those mm -mm, mm -mm. maybe maybe the cost to lease it for a month i don't know yeah but um yeah it looks pretty slick i mean i like that i mean you've seen one suv you've seen them all but you know it's, it's got a little bit of lamborghini flair to it so yeah. <laughs> i would hope it'd have some of the quality since you're paying that much money for one You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Italian um, automobiles and stuff, uh, I watched Ford versus Ferrari on uh, Netflix this yeah. uh, earlier this or late last week, last weekend. Mm -hmm. That was pretty good. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. I liked it. It was fairly consistent with the story as I understood it. So mm -hmm. that, was, that was good. Um, but yeah, and that was enjoyable and, you know, had some suspenseful moments. A little bit of a, 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 little bit of a downer ending. But, uh, you know, it, it was good, suspenseful, and, and very well, well done. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Yep. So uh, I'm going to put that down there. All right. Um, we have, in the past, um, in, on the show, uh, suffered from my wireless network's poor performance. Right. And because of the model of access points that I have, although they can support a wireless bridge, it has to be, the, the bridge has to be on the 2.4 gigahertz network, even though it's a dual band radio, so it can do five gigahertz or 2.4. Okay. So my preference would have been to do the bridge on five gig to, um, but then it couldn't broadcast on five gig. And as I have, so I have my Sonos network, and I have my IoT network on the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum. I also have a lot of Bluetooth in the house. I also have a lot of Zigbee wireless in the house. And these are all on the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum. Yeah. Now, I went to lengths to separate these. So I moved my, you know, my wireless up to one end of the spectrum, and I moved my Zigbee down to the other, leaving Bluetooth in the middle, if I recall correctly. And for a time, it seemed a little bit better, but I still had a wireless bridge from the first floor to the third floor of the house, and that was yeah. not excellent. So last week when I was here, I, uh, I had my electrician here for a number of other things. Um, I had him... Uh, appropriate the old coax cable that had been run all the way up from the basement to the third floor mm -hmm. and use that as a pull cable and replaced it with a hundred foot run of cat seven. Oh, nice. So now I have a, a home run of cat seven from the basement to the third floor. And as a result, now I have a Wi-Fi repeater in you know, a Wi-Fi access point, I should say in the third floor mm -hmm. and no more wireless bridge. All in all, wireless performance seems a little bit better with one curiosity. Now, when I microwave something, I get <laughs> interference when playing music and streaming it to my Sonos. <laughs> that did not used to happen. I don't know why. 
<laughs> so, you know, I don't know, maybe my microwave changed frequencies on it or something. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little weird and annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know what happened there, but that's my, that's my Wi-Fi update. So. I think that I can see the quality being better. Yeah. Well, I'm effectively, I'm on Ethernet now. So yeah. I, hope, I hope so. That's why I was curious when it started, you know, when everything started to, uh, to, when you started to pause a few minutes ago when we got interrupted, I was like, wait, is it me? Like, <laughs> nope, you know, my ping times to Google are still 10 to 15 milliseconds. Not me this time. Yeah. Well, I don't know what happened because I, I turned on my, I, I mean, my MacBook Pro was off, like yep. physically powered off yep. before this morning. So it's not like it was. It's like, okay, well, whatever. This is why we get paid to do computers. They break. Uh, Tell you, they do, you know, and we know how to fix them. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you turn it off and turn it back on again. Hello, IT. Have you turned it off and on again? (laughs) So, all right then. Well, um, should we move on to our main-ish topic? Yes, let's go on to our main-ish topic. Main-ish topic. All right. Um, so the, the, I guess the headline for this podcast too will be, if you're going to be a loser, don't be a loser. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe don't be a loser when you're the loser, right? Mm -hmm. Would you like to care to, uh, extrapolate or elaborate? I should say. Elaborate. So sometimes you are a service provider for a client and they decide to go with another service provider. Uh A lot of times there's a handoff. Okay, Peter, my client is now your client. Here's the stuff you need to take care of this client. Now, that almost never happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a dream situation there. (laughs) Because, you know, normally I'll tell you what happens is the losing provider, you don't hear a thing from them. And the client who you're, you know, that, that you're taking over for has zero documentation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they have some old emails which have none of the information that you need. Uh, that's, that's been my normal experience. And, right. and you know, we've, I, I admit it, yeah, I've lost clients before. Mm-hmm. And whenever we've been asked for information, we have happily given it to them. Yes. Uh, you know, they're so like, here you go. Because like, look, at that point, let's be honest, they're leaving. Okay. Right. How, you've, you've gotten to this point. So, you know, if you're withholding anything, you're only going to prolong this breakup. <laughs> <laughs> is that where you want to be? You mm-hmm. know? So now that said, if there is proprietary or confidential information that the client has not licensed or purchased. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm not sharing that. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so like I've, I remember we had uh, someone once uh, during a handoff. Um, we were, um, we were the, we registered the domain name for this client. Mm-hmm. Right. So they were, so technically I owned their domain name. Right. So, you know, and which is, you know, generally something you as a client, you probably want to avoid. Yeah. But I've kind of been doing this for 20 years for my customers and because like the only only network solutions really had a good way to delegate uh, administrative access to a third party. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other providers for the longest time, and I, I don't even know, maybe they do now, but just didn't do it 
well. Yeah. GoDaddy has the ability now. Okay. That's good. Mm -hmm. Because I have like, you know, integrity and and whatnot, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I would just register them and it's never been an issue. Um, It has been convenient on a couple of times when some people stopped paying their bills and decided instead of paying their bills, they would just host with somebody else Mm -hmm. and then realize that they couldn't get their domain because they hadn't paid for it. (laughs) And then suddenly they paid for it. And then suddenly I gave them their domain. Mm -hmm. But one, and I don't see that as ethically wrong in any step, you know, any, any way, because like you owed me for a service, you agreed to pay, you're not paying. Why should I deliver the service? (laughs) Yeah. It's like if I order for a pizza and I say, I'm going to pay cash and the pizza guy shows up and I'm like, Oh, can I pay you next week? Yeah. That doesn't work. Yeah. I'm just going to take the pizza because yeah. you, you owe it to me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've bought a lot of pizza from you guys in the past, so you should just give me this one. Right? <laughs> and some people actually think that way. Talk about losers. That's the different type of losers though. But uh, where was I going with this? So um, we did have um, uh, one service provider who was, you know, some, some dude who was going to be taking over managing this company's website from us because he was so much cheaper. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, dude, you get what you pay for. Yep. Um, they wanted our credentials to log in to the registrar. <laughs> and I was like, no, we're not going to give you that. That's not how you transfer ownership. Yeah, we'll transfer it. Just order an account, we'll transfer it. Exactly. But this guy didn't even know how to do that. And of course, mm-hmm. the client was completely clueless. They had no idea. So they're like, I'm like, look, I'm not holding this up in any way. But I am not giving you like, that's like asking for me to give you the keys to my office, so that you can come into my office to take a bunch of stuff out without me supervising what you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. which, and, and maybe you'll find your things that you're storing <laughs> here. No, it does not work like that. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so that was one uh, anecdotal story. Tell us about your experience being a a winner (laughs) or a loser or whatnot recently. Well, I actually had, so this week I am actually a winner of a client and the losing company is an IT company and they're actually a competitor in Nashville. And I would say that they're a respectable competitor. Um, You know, I I think I do things better than them, uh, obviously. Uh, but they, I think they do good work. Uh, and then with them, so we went through this transition, the person who was responsible, they, they gave me all the information I asked for. Mm -hmm. They gave it to me in a timely manner. There were certain things that they couldn't provide me because of the example you just gave. They had email hosted with Intermedia under their account. So they couldn't give me theirs. So they said, get your account, get it set up. We'll transfer ownership. Yep. I mean, and then same with, um, Datto. Datto's like that too. Datto is under their account. Yep. But the loser was very responsive. Uh, and you know, all of our emails were happening in front of the client as well. Right. So what she did is she served herself well by, acting like a professional. So she put the onus on me to be a better IT provider than them. 
Because if I screw it up, she's going to say, look, I mean, I, we provided you good service for years. We helped with the transition. You know, if these guys don't work out, you know, come on back to us. Mm -hmm. That's how you be a professional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Now, I've had other providers, and I typically don't throw names under the bus, but they deserve it, and that's Windstream. And I... <laughs> I, I do throw names under the bus if yeah. it's bad enough. I, mean, I used to be a strong advocate of Windstream. I always thought their pricing was too high, but their service was really good and the service that they provided was really good. And if it ever broke, which was very, very infrequently, they fixed it and they fixed it under an SLA you know, if we had a T1 and it was a Windstream T1 and it went down at one o'clock today, I would get notification it was down before, you know, about as soon as it went down and then they would be deploying technicians. There was no finger pointing. They did a great mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. But it has not been that way for the last three years. And I don't know if you saw in the news, well, Windstream bought... Allworks, the voice over IP system. Okay. Uh, Allworks used to be an independent, standalone voice over IP, PBX, and businesses could buy it. Well, they bought the platform. Okay. Well, the platform was not implemented well. Windstream didn't do it well. Well, as of uh, last month, Windstream is shutting down Allworks as a product. Okay. So if you have Allworks, they're going to support it, but you can't buy any more support and you can't buy any more Allworks systems from Windstream. Well, one of my clients is was on Allworks with Windstream. And they were paying way too much. I mean, so I brought in a hosted PBX system with Voice over IP, saved them I saved them over $2,000 a month. I mean, that's what I saved them from. That's <laughs> impressive sounding. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Windstream for a month, every time we tried to port the phone numbers, they, it, was, it was longer than a month, actually. It was closer to 45 days. They blocked our port request. They said there's a problem with the paperwork but they wouldn't tell us what the what? problem with, with the paperwork was. Yes. Now and, I'm sorry. I remember because you and I have spoken offline about this. Yes. And then it would take another five business days to get <laughs> the paper reapplied and they'd say, nope, this doesn't work. And finally we said, this is an unacceptable process. You need to tell us what's wrong with the paperwork. And then they would tell, they told us, they're like, no, no, it's right there in your paperwork, what you said. That account number is that phone number, and it's listed exactly as you said. Well, finally, after 45 days, they transferred all this stuff. And we, at that point, we could then cancel their services. Yep. And they were out of contract. And then they said, okay, well, it's 30 to 45 days before the contract will cancel from the time you notify us. So, so they got 60 days of overpriced voice over IP out of the deal. What a bargain. Of, yeah. 30 of those days, they didn't even have to provide anything. 
even better. I even better. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's just ridiculous. Uh, and and people get away with it though because the the customers often don't know any better. Mm-hmm. You know, and they let them get they let themselves get into positions where they are vulnerable and they don't even know. I mean, this is the same reason that we have cybersecurity issues. People do things and they don't understand what they're doing and it opens them up to, you know, exposure. So, well, and do you want to know how this client got into this predicament to begin with? Yes, I do. Windstream had an awesome salesperson. This woman came in and she just made friends with the business owner and, and went to town and sold them. And I, I couldn't even understand it. It was like, you know, I said, Peter, you can buy this refrigerator for $800. And this woman comes in and she says, same refrigerator, same service, $1,600. That's what I'm going to get you. And you bought it. (laughs) I'm like, what? I mean, don't buy it from me. Buy it from anybody. But don't buy it from her for twice the price. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that reminds me of like when I um, when I signed up with uh, Verizon when I switched over late last year from AT and T to Verizon, mm-hmm. and they I won't say that the salespeople lied, but they were confused. <laughs> and the salespeople I was working with, they thought they were getting me a better deal. Mm-hmm. In the end, I did not get a better deal. I ended up paying more for Verizon than I was if I had just stayed with AT&T ah. <laughs> and I had to complain multiple times. I finally ended up getting like hundreds of dollars of credits and they increased my data cap for the first year and a few other things. But all in all, I'm paying more now than I, I was. And that was the last straw. I was like, I was talking with a manager after finally getting my case escalated. And I said, would you, if someone came to you and said that they would be delivering you less for more money, would you have switched? You know, and that's what you're like, well, I can give you a six gigabyte data for one year and $200 credit and whatnot. But yeah, you know, like, no, it just doesn't make any sense for getting the exact same thing, paying twice as much. I mean, mm-hmm. dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> so what about you? Have you had some good experience porting phone numbers? Um, so no, I have not had good experience porting phone numbers. I've had experience porting phone numbers though. (laughs) I've actually, I've never had bad experience until now. Well, so I've ported my, um, the paradigm phone numbers around a few times, you know, from the old Verizon landlines to various VoIP providers. Um, recently I wanted to switch again and it was a hassle because I was the client of a middleman. And I think you're vaguely familiar with the company, you know, and nothing <laughs> wrong with it. You know, it's a small mom and pop shop. Um, but he was essentially just reselling Quest Blue, which is a bigger VoIP provider. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, we want to port out. And everybody that we talked to required a pin. And he kept on insisting, you don't need a pin. You don't need a pin. And I'm like, okay, well, I tried it. It says it failed because the pin was wrong. I need a pin. 
this went on back and forth and I was like, you know, get distracted and forget about it for months. This went on because like, I just wasn't a high priority. So I finally, and I had delegated the ticket to another guy who was going to be buying a share of the business and he didn't get around to it. And, you know, so I wasn't really worried about it. And then I finally, you know, took it back again. I'm like, all right, this is happening. This mm-hmm. is going to get this done. The, the losing vendor in this case went so far as to write a detailed letter, a page and a half long typewritten as to why we would not need a pin and nobody needs a pin. And he was really concerned for me about the quality of the service that I was going to be getting because these people were dropping the ball. Finally, I got a three-way conference call between him, Quest Blue, and myself. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, yeah, we've seen it. Sometimes they need a pin. And he's like, okay, well, I did set a pin. Would it be this number? And he said, yeah, that's the number. Gave me the pin. Transfer went through on the first try. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, dude, generate a pin. One, two, three, four. Give me the pin. Why? Well, I, I couldn't believe, though. He was just so, you know stuck to his guns that he wasn't going to, you know, budge from his position. But I'm like, dude, just give me the freaking pin. When he finally got the pin, oh, look, what do you know? That is what was required. Uh. (laughs) So there you go. So that was a recent experience. Now, I I just, I recently moved offices. And I moved offices within the same building from suite 32 to suite 20. Ooh. Well, so I was all prepared for Comcast to screw me over because they have every other time in the past when I've moved. There's a track record there. There's a track record there. So they told me, so I have, I have now um, made things to where if my IP address changes, I don't care as much because I'm using dynamic DNS names. So I'm calling my office name by sure. name rather oh, than IP, just in oh, case. And restricting things by IP address is so brain dead. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. So, so but anyway, I, I, I was, they told me, I mean, I was fully prepared to switch IPs. I was like, okay, so be it. So it goes you know, I'll move on with life. Uh, and they said, well, we'll port you downstairs. Um, well, we needed to start a new contract anyway. It just so happened my contract ended at the same time I was moving, uh, yeah. same month. So they're like, oh, we're going to get you a new contract and we, we can keep your existing static IP if you want. I said, really? Heck yeah. I said, let's keep the static IP. And so the, the day came and the tech came and he said, well, here's your new static IP. And I said, well, they told me on the phone that I could keep my old static IP. He said, well, tell you what. He said, I won't program it into the modem because I just took my modem downstairs and plugged it in at the new place. He said, I won't program it into the modem and you can call support. Here's your phone number and they'll move this IP to your new account from the old account. And I'm thinking, sure they will. <laughs> and I called him with the IP and the, my new account number. And I was on the phone with him for like five minutes and the tech swapped it over. He said, you're all set. I've got the new IP registered to your, or I've got your old IP registered to your account. Like, why can't it be like this every time I call Comcast? 
because you don't talk to the right person every time. <laughs> no. Normally, you talk to morons. Yeah, what a maroon. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. So that was a, uh, a good move experience, and I got intelligent people the whole way through, and I got to maintain my existing IP address. So, voila. Good for you. Yeah. That's a success story. I like that. <laughs> so I've got a couple of follow-up. Do we want to do any more on transfers and being losers? or No, I think that that's all I've got. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I could drum up lots of those stories. <laughs> being a loser, right? Being a loser. Uh, all right. So um, I want to round it out with a, on the nifty side of things. Okay. Um, and one is a potential nifty and another is a concerningly, maybe not as nifty nifty. Okay. So the potential nifty, and I'll report back on this at a later date, uh, probably within the next couple of weeks is the new email service from Basecamp called Hey. And it's claim to fame is it's commercial. They charge you a hundred bucks a year. Uh, but they do things in some different ways and they claim, you know, they've got, it's the first email client I've seen with its own manifesto. And, uh, you know, it's essentially, they say they're going to uh, fix email by doing a number of things better. Um, one of the things that uh, they do is by default, everybody is in your blocked senders list. You must approve the first email you get from any new sender. Okay. I like that. So your inbox is not by default open to the world. Mm-hmm. When you get a new message, you need to first say, yep, we'll take that. Yep, we'll take that. So, um, yeah, so there you go. Um, so, and I've seen, I've seen some email spam protectors do things like that, services. Yep. Similar like that. So it's got a bunch of other features too. Um, But anyway, as I said, I just barely, uh, I was talking about this while you were offline thinking we might still be recording. (laughs) Um, As I said to myself earlier, I just signed up for the service a few days ago and only this morning I switched my personal email address to go into the hey.com address that I set Mm -hmm. up. So we'll see how that works and I'll report back in a couple of weeks. If I'm still using it and if I decide to pay for it, it means I like it. And if I don't, then it means it wasn't good enough. So there you go. Yeah, so. I know. I, I mean, I have, I mean, I get hundreds of emails per day. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, but Google has really, with the, with its learning, I mean, it listens to me talk all day long. So, <laughs> no, it, uh, uh, but there, you know, it does a good job of breaking things into social and promotion and uh, only the main stuff hits my primary. And I know that you've had spam issues, but I don't have as much spam. I mean, like true good emails going into spam. I have a lot of stuff that ends up in spam. And I'm like, well, that's not really spam. But you know what? Honestly, I haven't been reading that email from that vendor this entire year. So I think I'll just unsubscribe. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. (laughs) So it more or less is spam, but yeah, the, uh, I, I have users that do so much complaining about, well, this, this invoice is ending up in my, in my spam. Well, go in there and mark it as not spam. 
And even if it does, this is really a first world problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's, Email is a first world problem. You know, it, it really is. So, uh, anyway, so I'll report more back on, on Hay to see if that's a, you know, a, a decent thing. It also got me thinking, though, like, am I at the point where I want to start running my own mail server again? I mean, I kind oh. of, yeah, exactly. Oh. That was the, <laughs> but I had that thought, you know, it's like I go through days when I just want to drop Gmail, you know, yeah. I really but then what am I going to replace it with? Yeah. Outlook? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But maybe Hay has some, you know, it's got potential. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, the other secondary if-ish, iffy, iffy, nifty is my Jabra Elite 65Ts. Mm-hmm. So as we've discussed, I recently replaced my old Jabras when the right, the primary uh, ear pod stopped working. Right. Right. The volume was inconsistent. You'd have to jiggle it and it would work and then it would go off it. Um, well, I was out for a run a few days ago in the rain, mind you, with my new pair. And the left one, all of a sudden, the volume just went way down and got really, really quiet. Uh. Now, this exact same phenomenon had happened to me on multiple occasions with my old Zolo Liberty mm-hmm. ear- earbuds. And after I had gone through three pairs of those, I decided I was never buying any more. I only mm-hmm. bought one, but the others were warranty replacements. Right. And I finally decided enough of this. Had the Jabra's for two years, not a problem. Everything worked great. Right. And my other one died, you know, in June. I replaced it a month ago in July. And now the left earbud on that one started to die. <laughs> so now I said to myself, well, I could do the same shuffle that I did. Yeah. You know, with the Jabras, with the Zolos, I could use the old left earbud with the new right one and repair those two together. So I'd have a beige one in one ear and a black one in the other, Uh but it would work. Yeah. But that's stupid because it's brand new and it's under warranty. So I have to send it back in. (laughs) Um, But now I have to, after, as soon as we're done here, I have to walk on over to the um, UPS store or see if I can see a UPS truck out back and give them because I have to ship it back to them. Yeah. I'm going to be with at least 10 days without, my exercise earbuds. Yeah. A little disappointed in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, Jabra, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But the, and the thing is, these guys are, are the, they're rated. The, the, the 65 T's are supposed to be more water and sweat resistant. Yeah. So I should be able to run in the rain and not have these things die. Yeah. So I don't know. So we shall see what happens there. But yeah. I'll stay tuned for an update. Yeah, I was, <laughs> That's about all I have at the moment. That's funny. I I mean, I have the same earbuds and I was, um, I was working last Saturday in the rain building a shed underneath my deck. And, uh, I was down there and it was raining, but I'm, I'm mostly under a roof, but I'm under a deck. And of course there's, there's water dripping because it's pouring down rain and I turn kind of sideways and a drip went bloop right in my ear with, yeah. with the uh, earbud in there. Yeah. And I was like, trying, to, uh, <laughs> but I was like, I sure hope that doesn't ruin it. <laughs> and it didn't, but 
Because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, I just do normal sweating. I don't do athletic sweating. Athletic <laughs> I didn't realize that that was a separate, um, uh, a, a separate um, uh, type of sweating. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. Well, very good. Cool. Well, on that, on that note, uh, let's see. I brought us in. You want to take us out? Sure thing. So, listener, we do want your feedback. If you'd like to discuss a particular topic or if you'd like to talk more about this particular topic or you want uh, clarification, you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. Uh, you can find our page on the web on Facebook. We're not on Twitter with this, uh, but then you can also find Peter or me at Peter can be found at Paradigm Consulting, Paradigm CC, or Yoga with Peter. And you can find me at sublimecomp.com. And those are all dot coms, right? Those are all dot coms. All dot coms. <laughs> we are part of the dot com revolution. Sweet. That's, a, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I don't know how many decades we are behind to be part of that revolution, but I'm glad to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we were part of it at the very beginning. We just didn't make the money then. <laughs> we didn't have a brilliant idea that set us for life. Or maybe you did, and you're, no. just, you're just doing this for fun now. I'm not an idea, man. Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, I have a weekend to get to. All right. It's time to hit the big red button and go to the weekend. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.